The Press Box is here to catch you up on the latest media stories. Hosted by Brian Curtis and David Shoemaker, these guys have the insight on the biggest stories you care about. Check out The Press Box on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast and Ringer FC. I'm Mr. Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I am all right, thanks, man. How are you? Very, very well. Still in a place of enjoyment, given the oh, result of the weekend. I'm still drinking it in. It's beautiful. I'm still drinking it in. I'm bathing in the post-Euros glow. You have to, don't you? You have to just like maintain those Dude, vibes as long as you can. We're not used to this. Right. This is the thing. Because a couple of people were like, oh, you, you don't seem as excited about it. And I was like, I am genuinely shocked. Like, I don't know what to do. I was kind of, I was over, so overwhelmed with emotion. I didn't, gen- I genuinely didn't know what to do with myself. Wow. It was kind of wild. It's weird because you don't realise how much it means. I, I was in a different position of not realising how much it means until it happens. Mm. And then you just have this... There's a sense of like completion, contentment, like, and what was really nice as well, it's been really nice to see how Germany had been welcomed back. Yeah, they were really well received. Oh my they God. They had a great reception when they got back to Frankfurt. And I got a beautiful voice note from a friend of mine and she said, my goodness, just going from pub to pub, we call them, was it the Knipers, going from pub to pub, she said, I went all the way down the strip in my street. Mm. Uh, she lives quite near me actually. And she said, all, and said, every single pub is showing the game and yeah. I'm going past and everyone's just discussing tactics what the coach can do better what changes should be made getting into it come on we can do it like and, it, and she was like oh my goodness she said it was unbelievable to experience that for this tournament and to see like the country because you know obviously we you know i'm out of germany so i'm not i'm not seeing it but i kind of feel like maybe you feel a bit spoiled because we're kind of we get the enjoyment from both sides we get to mm. see these two brilliant teams it's outstanding players like great ambassadors for the sport all the rest of it but just like good humans basically yeah um, i mean it's really yeah. interesting that matt ford wrote a piece for i news about the german aftermath mm. or the german um, kind of reaction to the final it's really interesting he pointed out that as well as there being record figures on the bbc in the uk a record 17.9 million viewers watched it on public broadcaster ard in germany but it was also on the zone so oh i was watching God. it on the zone yeah um and some of the, I mean, apart from obviously the noisy tabloid stuff, which is just it felt quite irrelevant. Always this time, outraged. Didn't, there was if, there was yeah, some yeah. really good, like very complimentary stuff about England, and pretty well balanced. So yeah, the coverage of it has been good. Can I say this? Still as well? a lot of words to do. The tabloids. I will say this as well. The tabloids actually, funnily enough, I had a look at the paper, scanned the papers, and I thought to myself, the coverage actually was weirdly quite measured. And I thought to myself, you know, it's so funny. It's because they haven't. It's a funny kind of thing where. I think part of it was, I won't name the tabloids, but part of them were like, oh, they're going to expect us to do this. So let's actually do a good job, right? But also like they couldn't really get their hook in it because they haven't really been on it. So they don't have the kind of necessary, they don't have the connection to it. And it's so funny because a lot of them just can't, they have no ownership over it. And that, that's been really delicious to watch. So they have to take it on its own terms, which I've just found, I've found amazing. That's like, yeah, incredible. Let's do some admin. Let's because- do it. You, me and Ian were on Wright's house. Loved it. On Monday, we did 
a big breakdown of the final from a tactics perspective through the game or just how the game, like, analyse the game and then talk about Serena Wiegmann, certain players, Beth Mead, Lena Oberdorf, etc. And kind of a little bit about what it means, you know, the legacy of the tournament, if that makes sense. That's on the Ringer FC feed now. Do you know what today is? Do you know what this is? A little trick question there for you. Uh, oh, of course, of, of course, of course. Yes, of course. Oh yeah, go on. Yeah, go on, I, I know. No, no, I'll, I'll let you say it because I want. No, 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 it's no, yours. No, 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 no. Listen, no, it's not. It's not. It's not about me. Listen, it's about time people saw the real you. Come on. It's our two hundred fiftieth episode on the Ringer. No, but you're in the right ballpark. It's, and now it's going to make the actual one a little bit underwhelming. It's our 200th show. On the wow, ringer. there we go. I knew it's something. 200th stadio since we joined the ringer. That's cool, <laughs> huh? <laughs> Not as wild as I appear. I can't believe they've left the feed on. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if they haven't. Imagine. <laughs> Broadcasting to no Someone, They actually just forgot to turn the feed off. <laughs> Wait, hang on a minute. Stadio? We still Who's got Stadio the, on? They're still That's in the basement. The, hang what, on a minute. What? <laughs> what? All these podcasts keep popping up. What's going on? But anyway, thanks to The Ringer. Thanks everyone at The Ringer. Thanks. Yes, absolutely. Thanks to everyone who's found Stadio via The Ringer and obviously all the Stadio OG Ultras who've been here since. Yes. We had our little polite corner of the internet. Yes. <laughs> But no one bothered. It was like that meme, you know, if like if Suarez hadn't handballed it in the World Cup. Yeah, this exactly. is like, <laughs> <laughs> like, that was that was the Stadio Palette like, corner of the internet. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just uh, Musa riding around in the golf buggy. Yeah, say the, the flat cap, <laughs> flat cap gang. Check the ringer.com in general. Some good good stuff going up at the moment. We need to write some more stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stadio Archers players on Spotify. All the music we play on each episode, newest ones at the top, just search for Stadio Outros on Spotify. And I reckon that's everything. So today, I think we might keep it quite breezy today. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Keep it a little bit breezy, touch on some stuff we missed on Wrighty's House, because obviously there were Super Cups galore. There were. And there was also some, a little bit of transfer news. Mm. German Cup as well. Some drama there. James, oh yeah, God, yeah, the Pokal's back. Before we get to a break, I just want to give a quick shout out. Pacifica Sisters tweeted at us saying, massive fan of the pod here, thank you very much. Would be cool if the Oceania champions can get a mention alongside the other Confed Cups. Much aroha. And this is because Papua New Guinea are officially the first Pacific Island nation to lift the OFC Women's Nations Cup. That's amazing. And they will go into the playoff for next year's World Cup as well. So congratulations to Papua New Guinea. Yeah, vibes. So you have to give that a shout out on the show. Also, can I say like to shout out Papua New Guinea just because like just the geography of that place is like mind blowing. That's like one of those places that you just like study and you're just like staring for days. You know, when I was like young, I was like studying all the different places. Like the Papua New Guinea bit I came to, I was just like, wow, like for like a couple of days, just obsessed with it. So yeah, shout out to the. The geography, man. Yeah, and a geek came out there. <laughs> <laughs> Musa Ock geographer. Yes. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's get to some other football stuff after this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, and where do you want to begin today? Because I know that the men's... Super Cups came back and mm. there's been some Champions League qualifiers. There's been some other European qualifiers. There's been, like you said, German Cup. The Championship is back and uh, the Premier League's back this weekend. A load of other leagues are back this weekend. So where, where do you want to start? Do you know, actually, I will just throw in a little bit. I know it's, it's very, very obvious and basic, but it's, I've been thinking about it for ages and talking about it with a couple of friends. 
and it's just sorry to get very obvious, but Manchester City's left back position, I just think is a problem. Like just very quickly, just to just touch on that. Like okay, yeah, didn't, on. only because like I was talking with uh, my friend, well obviously Meriwe, and with Callum and our friend, uh, our friends, and like I'm like that's a real problem. They've gone after a player there, Cucurella for ages. They haven't necessarily secured it, but they've got like two right-footed people on the left side and there's a lot of space to be attacked there and it's almost like they've told everyone like I said with Man City they're like the Death Star right they have the two, they have the obvious they have one weakness every season you just got to go at it and they've told the entire league oh we're looking for a left back because we know we need cover there but we're not really going to get someone in there and I'm like he's just telling everyone that that's a problem for you and then Liverpool play against them and expose Cancelo down that side and I'm like ah that's the place. That's the, that's the pressure point for them. And this is just what I saw from the community shield. It's the one thing I took away from it, like not the Holland hitting the crossbar and that stuff, but just the kind of like, oh, like City kind of have a weakness there. And but if they have a weakness there now, yeah. wouldn't they have had the weakness there last year? I think it's going to be more of a problem this year, actually. I think with the, I'm interested. Go on, why? I just think the addition of like, they've added new pieces, right? They've added Holland there, Alvarez, like, when you change something in another part of the pitch and want a different type of production and then you like don't address an area because if you look at like what they're trying to do with Cucurella the idea is like to press really up the pitch like Carl Walker compress everything and give like Holland lots of ball maybe use Alvarez like as a number two as a second striker a lot more often and it's almost just like maybe I'm just like spitballing this I thought that was too much but I'm like I feel like that could be a problem I feel like that's an attacking and just watching Liverpool against and watching like Cancelo got isolated and watching Grealish like not getting the overlaps he needed I was thinking is this a thing you know like you know this feels like it feels like when Rodri was there you remember Rodri got bought that time and I said they need to attack that space because Rodri needs that time to bed in and like just and it feels like that again now it feels like City actually they might drop points in unexpected places so that's my that's my first that's my first thing I'm just throwing in there I just gotta I'm feeling it's weird man I'm feeling it's weird He's getting, you're getting bad, bad vibes. Yeah, I am. Do you know what it is? Like every now and again, at the start of a season, you're trying to think, what are the gaps? Like what hasn't been addressed? And I remember thinking it last year because they got rid of Zinchenko, who's like brilliant, right? And now they've got like mm. Nathan Ake there and like Cancelo. And I'm like, I'm not sure that's good enough for like a whole season with people coming at you down those flanks. I'm not sure it's good enough, actually. Well, first of all, I would say much like the, the whole like Nunez, Haaland's, Aftermath. Yeah. Early days, right? First competitive game of the season. Absolutely. And it's not even really a competitive... It, it's, it's competitive by name. Yes, yes. And it is a little bit by nature, but yeah. it's not It's not 100%. Yeah. And Manchester City had the joint best defensive record in the Premier League last season. Right. They only conceded 26 goals along with Liverpool. And many of those games came with Jao Cancelo playing left back who was a you know he was one of the players of the season right right he's still got Bernardo Silva Rodri and De Bruyne as a midfield three in front and Grealish spent some time he spent the early a lot of the early time of last season playing in that position so actually not a lot's changed it's more the depth but then this is this, this is my point losing this... losing someone like Zinchenko and we've seen him how yeah. he slotted in at Arsenal yeah even though it's only been a couple of games but he just looks like He's been there for years. Right, right. And one of those players who, everyone who's, who's been around that City squad seems to just rave about from a technical point of view. And someone who, in nine out of ten other squads, probably would be playing in midfield. Yeah, yeah. Plays there for the national side. But, I mean, it's interesting you highlighted Jao Cancelo because I actually have a different issue with Jao Cancelo. Mm. And that is the fact that he has taken the number seven shirt. <laughs> and maybe this is me like just trying to spot like gaps in the Death Star. You know, at the start of every season, you're like looking at a team. And this is maybe my own energy looking at like the start of a season and going, where is, where's it going to crack? Like where- well, you, said that, you said that Pep was going to turn Holland into a left back and there were actually moments during the Community Shield where Holland popped up defending in the left back position. And I was just like, this is genuinely quite funny. Not from a, Mm. you know a banter perspective but I was just like that's actually because there's a lot of this stuff about like oh Holland's a bit lazy or he's not oh, he's not really working already and you know little things coming out mm. but he puts in a shift Holland he's he and yeah it was quite it was quite fun to see him 
pop up in a left back position for a little bit, just defending, giving you know maybe helping Jack. Maybe that maybe Pep knows and, and he's maybe been Pep, like Pep knows. Erling, you're the guy. You're the guy to tuck in at left back. But um, I don't know, man. I mean, they've not got worse from last season along that side from a first choice perspective. I'm not sure if exactly a weakness. I it just might think- be because you just never know how configurations fully fit together and also with other squads changing the way that they play. I don't know. It's tricky. I don't think it's something you can pick out after one game. No, it's just me. It's just something I've been, it's been buzzing around in my head. I'm like, because I love Cucurella, right? So I've been watching him a lot and I'm like, ah, oh, like. Is, yeah, is he like, is he really going to do much to shift the needle for Manchester City if he goes? I think it's a diff- it's not about shifting the needle in terms of changing them. It's what he makes available, I think. I think it's the start. You know, the, the Carl Walker thing, Carl Walker Bates just absorbs an entire flank by himself. I think it's more that. And he's such a conventional target. I'm like, oh, that must be that maybe he spotted something wrong that he needs to address. But then again, if they really wanted him, they'd like throwing the money at him, right? It's just a weird one. I don't get it. Anyway, that's, that's what came out from watching the Community Shield. If that's, if that's um, I'm actually genuinely quite intrigued to see this iteration of Man City. Me too. Because, I'm fascinated by it. Yeah, yeah. Because there's, you, you're putting someone in there like Erling Haaland, which is massively going to shift the balance in terms of how they're all used to playing. Mm. But also, he's such a destructive force as well. Mm. And he is a goal scorer. He's a goal machine. Like he, a lot of people are talking about the miss. I didn't quite think the miss was as bad as everyone made out. He just yeah. went with it with his wrong foot. People yeah. do that all the time. I think Man City is still going to push for every trophy they're in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I think Holland will be fine, but I think it will be slightly different for sure. Do you know what we've said this before about like, you know, I said this at the start of last season about like, it's not even about the regular games. It's about those specific tight games. Because there's like, there's only a few games a season where these margins become apparent. You know, like we said before, like, does X need a certain player? And I've always said mm. like, not yet. Like, do, do, does Bayern need a certain striker? Does whatever? Not yet. And I'm like, again, it's not even that they need these players or this level for like 95% of matches. 95% of matches, City won't be bothered. But it's those, those close ones, those like Champions League quarters onwards, those title decisive. Yeah, I always call it the Sammy Kadira theory. Does that make, really, what's that, what's that, what's that? Well, was, there was a time when Arsenal were after Sammy Kadira or rumoured to be after Sammy Kadira and everyone was just like, they need a proper DM, they need a proper DM. And I was like, no, they don't. Kadira can do that, fine. And he can also play that way mm. for the eight games a season that Arsenal actually need him to. Yes, that's it. That's you it. Know what I mean, yeah, I love so that. Yeah, no, it's exactly. The, it's the the, the Kadira's law. There you go. Just Kadira's law. Stadio philosophy. <laughs> Do you know one thing I want to throw as well? I know we're jumping around a bit, but looking at well, like, go on. Looking at Bayern, right? Oh, Super I was going to say before we go to Germany, can we talk about Liverpool? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think we need to because that's obviously another side that is on the whole unchanged. Mm. No new signings in the starting eleven, mm. and they looked really good. Trent got a great goal, even though it was deflected, and two for Salah. And actually, there was a moment when I was watching this game where I just thought, "Oh fuck, Mane's not there anymore." Do you know, Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's a play. He's he's a player that you would expect to really notice when they're not there because we we've loved Sadio Mane. We've talked, we've sang his praises. We've said how he was maybe you know two games away from winning the Ballon d'Or, yeah, yeah. or being a Ballon d'Or lock this year. But it was really bizarre how fluid Liverpool looked. Well, not actually, no, it's not bizarre at all because they, they, inter- they, they got to a point where they could interchange a lot, that front three quite a lot last season. But then bringing on Nunez, who looked really, really good and gave mm. them a very, very different dynamic. Just, uh, I was, <sighs> what am I trying to say? I think it actually finally hit me. It was almost like I'd been sleepwalking a little bit and it, re- it made me realise, and I might be wrong here because obviously I'm not a Liverpool fan and I'm not, super dialed into Liverpool Twitter but it made me think like is the Sadio Mane was the Sadio Mane transfer up like up for being one of the most peaceful transfers of a of a of a marquee player for a while yeah because if you look so at how Lewandowski yeah, left yeah. To, went to Barca and it got really gnarly and Sal Hamazet just yeah. still talking about it and mm. you know and actually it was just kind of like one day, it looked like Mane was going to go to Bayern. It eventually happened. They got some money for him. They signed Nunez, or they'd already signed Nunez at that point. And everyone just kind of got on with their business. And it just, just feels, felt, yeah. Is that, is that, is and that the, and also the fit. Well, no, also the, the fit for Sadio Mane at Bayern is such, 
Nagelsmann, it just seems to fit so well in his system and the style of play, like the fluidity. It just seems to work. It's just such a clean, clean, not even a break, because break implies it's been, it's been, it's been fractious. No, it's just a smooth. He's almost playing smooth, in the same kit. Smooth. Tra- yeah, yes. Yeah, That's just, how smooth it was. Yeah, such a smooth transition. And it's one of those ones where everyone wins, one of those rare transfers where everyone wins. And, yeah, I think so, actually. And actually, how, you know, for you to be tired of winning at Liverpool, for you to want a new challenge, not to be tired, but it's like, it's like, you just, it's just time. And it's very rare, actually. The reason it's such a special transfer, I think, is because it's very rare you get to a point in a player's career where they've got so much peak ahead of them and they've got so much peak to go at the club they're still at. And they're like, actually, do you know what? I just fancy something else. But there was also a lot of talk about, you know, that Liverpool front line getting older, mm. you know, with Firmino, Salah and Mane and how they could, it was almost like, um, like an NBA squad has like three star players all entering free agency at the same time. It's like, well, you can't really sign them all. Mm. You can't resign them all because you don't have the cap space. Some, something's got to give. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why maybe it felt like a lot of fans were more at peace with this exit than they would have been a number of other players because Salah extended, mm. Mane left. He's 30 years old. He's not, he's not done by any means, but I don't think Sadio Mane... I mean, it would be... Uh, the chances are that he will probably not get even better mm. after leaving Liverpool. Right. But you never know. But the chances are that that's probably not going to be the case. Liverpool got a pretty, pretty all right fee for him that they used for, to recoup some of the money that they spent for, on Darwin Nunez. Kind of just very sensible. It's really clever you for know, them. And they'd already yeah, picked the up Luis Diaz, yeah. who is a kind of, and they've still got Diogo Jota, and they've got different, got a, you know, a real like number nine to go in there as well, who's quite a dynamic nine, but he is a nine. He's a big lad. He's mm. gonna, actually, the weird thing about the Darwin Nunez celebration for me was that he had more abs than I knew existed. Oh my God, there's always, yeah, they always have an extra. Was he had like, like, what, hang on a minute, eight, what? He had like 10, didn't he? I think there were like nine like and a half. A ten pack, yeah, like a ten pack, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that man was corrugated. That is a corrugated chest. My Unbelievable. Goodness. Yeah, ridiculous. But yeah, again, just very, quite smooth summer, I think, for Liverpool. Yeah, and um, you, you talk about this, of the transition to a new team and the new players coming in, Carvalho, Harvey Elliott's coming back. Curtis Jones mm. is now in the kind of, almost like the Emma Smith-Rowe position of brilliant player, excellent playmaker, and also going, oh, wow, there's a couple of signings in that queue that I might be like, I might, you know, I'm now, I'm now like, there's, that there was a clearer path for someone like Smith-Rowe. And now it's like, oh, there's a couple of players there who are in the mix that it's going to be hard for me to push through again. But that's a good, good problem, good competitive squad for Liverpool. And I think what was exciting about them was just the balance, the depth, the continuity, and everyone just seems to know what they're doing. And then Roy Keane said this, like, you know, City had a slow start last year. Um, but the way, that's, the way that Liverpool are locked in is almost like you need to get up to speed. Like, the, the, because that's the thing, the start of the Premier League season and the quality of teams like Spurs, for example, who've invested really, really well. I don't know if there's that room for, for slow starts. Having said that, of course, the World Cup, in November is the big yeah. that's, that's the, that throws everything out of kilter and chaos because there's going to be injuries coming out of that there's going to be fatigue coming out of that because the intensity of playing flat out till Christmas including a World Cup and then coming back to a regular season is going to throw everything out of kilter so you know this is maybe all moot at a certain point but really excited to see how these teams start the season I would say I think Brentford are going to win the league ha <laughs> ha I have a very hot take about all of that, but no, I'm not going to. About all of what? No, no, I can't say it. It's too Hang hot. on, because I had to bleep out a take on Stadio, on Writer's House, sorry. Oh yeah, it's the... Because <laughs> honestly, I just... Oh, you put that one in? Oh, that's outrageous. I won't say it again then. It's outrageous though. No, 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 I bleeped it out. Because <laughs> I was like, that can't go. They can't like, go in, yeah. The Royal Society of Literature would be like, really, this guy? Really, really? Is this we gave this guy? <laughs> really? <laughs> No, I'm just really excited to see how Dennis Undav does at Brighton, though. I will oh, say that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's been someone that you've been looking forward to for a while. Um,
Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Let's go to Germany. Let's do it. Bayern beating Leipzig 5-3 in the German Super Cup. And this was a, f- <laughs> this was a very entertaining game. I feel like Bayern were going to absolutely run away with it, mm. which... They kind of did, really. The scoreline, I think, yeah. doesn't flatter Leipzig, but it suggests that it was a lot closer than it kind of was, really. Jamal Musiala gave Bayern the lead. Sadio Mane got his first competitive goal for Bayern. And then Benjamin Pavard popped up to give Bayern a 3-0 lead at halftime. Leipzig got a goal back. Gnabry put Bayern 4-1 up. Christopher Nkuku got a penalty for Leipzig. Great penalty, actually. And then Danny Olmo... Made it 4-3 before Leroy Sané in the eighth minute of stoppage time. Gorgeous finish that. Did a lovely, just teasy goal. In and out, yeah. Wove in and yeah. out. But the absolute moment of this game was Danny Olmo. <laughs> did you know what I'm going to talk Did you no, see no, this? I didn't, I didn't, didn't. So basically, he kind of miscontrols it a little bit and stops the ball on the line. Oh yes, oh my, this is oh yes, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, in the kind of Bayern left back position. It's a troll, Danny Trollmo. Danny Trollmo. <laughs> so it, so the untrained eye, it kind of looks like it's out. Mm. But you see the assistant looking, and not all of the ball is over the line. Lucas Hernandez picked the ball up, assuming that it had gone out for a throw, <laughs> and then the assistant waves and gives a handball and a free kick to Leipzig, <laughs> and they couldn't believe it. They were just like, "What the hell?" <laughs> 10 out of 10. It's so clever and it's so it's such quick thinking and it's actually very mischievous. Oh, it's super mischievous. I didn't know yeah. he had that in him. I didn't. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. yeah no, no, he did. He absolutely did. Um, it was like something out of a cartoon, wasn't it? It was super funny. Yeah. It was Tom, Tom and Jerry or something. Moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bayern looked good. Delict came on. Um, Going to be really interesting to see how he settles there. Yeah. I love that transfer. It's a lot of money for Bayern, though. So, and I think I think they they could they really need to figure out what they're going to do up front. Mm. I mean, it's weird saying that in a game that they've stuck five past Leipzig, but we saw last season how many how many times Lewandowski got them out of trouble mm. in weird games like when they I think they were like behind to like uh, to Augsburg or something like that or Mainz and and got out of trouble and it was Lewandowski who pulled them back and his goals. I mean. We've talked about his goal record in the Bundesliga. I think Mane will score a load of goals, but I wonder how they're going to... I just think it's going to facilitate different types of attacking, isn't it? Maybe it'll suit Nagelsmann's system. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, you know, again, like with, you know, the fascinating thing about Man City is how they evolve, right? That's what's always interesting. When they sign new players, like when they brought in Phillips and Alvarez, like, okay, how are they going to play? Is it going to be like, 442 is going to be like 424, whatever. Like, you know, all of that's interesting. And I think with Bayern bringing in Sadio Mane, and we talked before about like when you lose your sort of fixed point and go to something else, maybe that does exciting things for, let's see, Leroy Sane, for example, who might be one of the chief beneficiaries of a thing like this. So actually, mm-hmm. you know, the thing about, the thing about um, Nagelsmann teams is he is not that fussed about where the goals come from as long as they come. Mm-hmm. So he was happy to get the goals from Angelino like in the left back position. And I think that actually having someone like Mane there enables a greater fluidity of attack throughout the team, not just the front three. So different players will start scoring. I mean, so Jamal Musiala, very, very excited to see what happens with him. It's going to be a big year for him. Yeah, right. Well, it's a big year for him because what he'll do is he will benefit from the chaos up ahead of him. Mm-hmm. So he'll have lots of broken fields, lots of broken fields in the sense of the movement of the front three will pull the defenders out of position because those three can interchange, right? Um, across the front line, um, Sadio Mane, Gnabry and uh, Leroy Sané, they can all interchange. So they're all going to be like confused in the defence and he's having those late runs which we saw him make against Leipzig time and again, time and again. Mm. And that is where he's so dangerous and he can do that against. The thing is about Jamal Musiala is so brilliant is that for those who haven't seen much of him, he can unsettle deep line defences and midfields by himself. Like he can run at the guts of a midfield by himself. And when you've got those three players ahead of you doing that, 
I mean, his goals could just, his goals and assists or whatever, like, or just his, you know, all of that, the assist before the assist, the pass for the assist, that's all going to like, I think really rise quite significantly in the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, Mane started centrally in this game and I think it was quite interesting to see how Bayern set up because they had Gnabry and Musiala seemed to be playing either side of Thomas Muller mm. and Marcel Sabitzer was playing with Joshua Kimmich in midfield, which isn't how Bayern are going to line up this year, obviously, because you've got Leon Goretzka to come back. Yeah. But I think I think Mane centrally for Bayern could be really interesting because... Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. You just have that that additional movement across that front front line. Yeah. So I think we're going to see a very different Bayern this year. It's going to be interesting. Really Looking interesting. forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, can we go to the Netherlands, please? Let's do it. Oh my God, yes, we have to. In the Johan Cruyff Shields, uh, uh. so the Dutch Super Cup. It was an amazing game. In Ruud van Nistelrooy's first game in charge as PSV manager, right? Yeah, yeah it's wilder because I never thought he'd go for that job, actually. Yeah. Like, I never thought he'd do senior coaching. Like we, not to name drop, but we did an event. There was like some, there was some event we did over in go. Holland. And there you go. he was coaching the Dutch, I think it was the PSV under 19s, right? And he looked, um, he looked, yes. He looked really happy there. He just looked like happy away from the limelight in his bag, just chilling and like just felt like he was just going to do that for a while. So, like, the step up is such a big one, man. Like, the visibility that he's getting now, but he seems, seems at ease with it. But I quite like the way that he's done this. You know, he's had like two stints at the Netherlands as assistant. Mm. You like you say, he did the PSV under 19s, but then he also managed young PSV for last season. And I feel like. Earned his stripes a bit. Yeah, he's kind of done it yeah, the right way. He's, yeah. I mean, to be honest, the game was mega fun. Yeah, yeah. PSV beating Ajax 5 3. Some unbelievable goals as well. And uh, I mean, Stephen Bergwijn scored on his debut. Gorgeous finish. Yeah, yeah. There was no... No muted celebration. No muted celebration. <laughs> and to be honest, I kind of love and that. And fair enough, because also, like, he's had a bit of a journey, Bergwijn, and mm. just really happy to be back. You're in your home country again, so you're, like, under consideration, you know, you, and, and you're directly in the kind of, um, the line of sight for the national team, which is so important with the World Cup ahead. This is the thing. A lot of this has to be viewed in the context of, of the World Cup. So the urgency of particular players to get on the plane or to stay on the plane mm. um, is really something. So in terms of those players looking to make a big run at, at Qatar in the winter. So yeah, just really happy for him. And also as well, like just, again, we talk about fit. Like for him to leave Spurs, there's no way, you know, you, you look at the players they bring in. That's obviously the celebrations come from a place of maybe relief as well, because at Spurs, let's be honest, he wasn't going to get that regular football under Conte. It wasn't really going to happen. You're back at Ajax. You're a local star. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're a star of like a huge team. And they play like a really lovely brand of football. Like. Yeah. And, and this season's quite interesting for Ajax because obviously Alfred Schroeder's back, but now as head coach, spent time there as assistant to um, Ten Hag for a bit. Where he got the Hoffenheim gig. Didn't last too long at Hoffenheim. And then he went to Barcelona as Koeman's assistant and then he spent six months from January at Club Brugge and is now at Ajax so for him it's quite an interesting time as well because yeah. he's not really I mean he was quite highly tipped he obviously even like back in the in the 20 days mm. and he's never really what's the word he's never really kind of found a spot where he super made his mark as head coach He's really, really highly regarded as an assistant. Yeah. There's, there is, there's a lot going on at a lot of teams this year that I just find worth keeping an eye on. I mean, Ajax are always worth keeping an eye on anyway, but I think that in terms of what's going on in, in the areas of Izzy, there's some really good coaches in that league and there are a lot of good players outside of of yeah, yeah, what you true. would expect. The yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. And you saw like how Feyenoord, you know, Feyenoord's run in, in the Conference League yeah. last year as well. So. It's worth. It's, it's going to be super interesting. But I mean, back to the game itself because I think that just, actually no. But just, good, good point about coach turnover. Like you know, we talked about the Bundesliga yeah. last year. Yeah. In a very general sense, we're like the coach turnover is going to be fascinating to see how that all shakes out, and it absolutely was, wasn't it? It was really. Yeah, and I mean, it's the same things. Similar things kind of happened this season. You've got Daniel Farker at Gladbach. You got Edin Terzic back at Dortmund because Marco Rosa had his contracts. That is sooner. The Marco Rosa stock is interesting. That's interesting. Gladbach was such a good place for him and, and, it, and 
the, the, the fact that it fell apart so so quick after being so positive mm. was was a sign for concern and he never really vibed with I think at Dortmund there were good moments but there were a lot of questions about training methods and whether that was resulting in an upturn of a lot of muscle injuries Tezic was hugely popular obviously won the Pokal uh, as interim coach after yeah. they'd already announced that Marco Rosa was coming in and I wonder whether if Vatska could have a do-over whether they would have held off a little bit on on making that move for Rosa because the players love Terzic mm. and you could see after that Pokal final in uh, 2021 that it just felt really weird in a way that was such a joyous occasion yeah, why are we the changing players this? loved him so yeah. much and then it was like well actually he's 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 going to step back for a bit we haven't really touched on it, but Sebastian Aller, who obviously signed from Ajax, Awful. Um, is out indefinitely after he got diagnosed with a malignant testicular tumour. He's going to take a bout of chemotherapy. And obviously we wish him the quickest of recoveries and back to full health and full fitness soon. Never mind the football, just for him kind of thing. Yeah. Just but the worst really, luck though. You say that, but yeah. never mind the football, yes. And also just the worst luck for him and for Dortmund, because I think he's a such a good fit for what they have there. I think it's a great club. I think that, you know, as a, a traditional knight, I think, I think as, a, as a replacement for Haaland, I think he'd struggle to find a better one, only because he doesn't do exactly what Haaland does. Of course, nobody does. But I think in terms of the way those players can play around him. And he replicates the presence. Yeah, absolutely. I just think it's just such a shame because it just felt like a really, really good fit for them. Yeah, um, and, we, and obviously yeah. with Adeyemi coming in as well, and yeah. and it t- takes a little bit of the heat off yeah. Makoku because Makoku was very much just kind of like the non-Holland option. Yeah, and I think that what they built this season is they built this like for the first time. Actually, I think we said it. It felt like they were they were deeper at the striker position than they have been for a little while because they had a more of a shared responsibility. Love that, and the variety as well. So, from a football point of view, obviously, it's a massive it's a massive shame to lose Haller, but. Yeah. Just getting back to full fitness and getting healthy is the absolute priority. But it does raise an interesting thing about that this isn't checked in medicals. I do wonder whether stuff like that might be might be brought in because I can't imagine that if you're if you're undergoing a load of medical tests at very 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 high grade facilities, yeah, uh, I can't imagine that it's too much extra on top to start checking for things like that maybe I don't know I'm, or whether, I, I don't know I'm not a, Musa, I'm not a doctor not a doctor I don't know if you noticed <laughs> but I'm not a doctor <laughs> <laughs> but Musa I've done my own research done my own research and, uh, <laughs> listen I'm just glad they I'm just glad they found this thing I'm just glad they found yeah, this me thing too. you know so yeah, fingers crossed for him and fingers crossed for speedy recovery just the player that you know I love watching and have always had a bit of a soft spot for. You know, when you see players who break out and have a really great start and you just want to see them keep taking the next leap in their career, bit of a setback at West Ham. And I, I have so much respect for players who bounce back like he did. Went to Ajax, brilliant, earned his move to Dortmund. So, you know, someone you're always kind of rooting for. So yeah, fingers crossed for him. Elsewhere in Germany though, if we can just touch upon, oh, yeah, yeah the, the Pokal. Okay, so, um, oh, Hertha. Okay, so... <laughs> Eintracht Braunschweig against Hertha Berlin. Hertha getting knocked out uh, 5-4. And this is the thing. It's so funny because when you see cup upsets, right? This is the thing. The cup upsets. And there was um, Regensburg beat Köln as well. And there was another big upset. There's like three big upsets. Leverkusen go out too. And in each case, they're like high scoring upsets, which is interesting because normally in a cup upset, it's like 1-0, backs the wall, but not in Germany. In Germany, it's like... These small, these lower league teams, no respect. Yeah, because they're like, do you know what? We could put you out in normal time, but actually we're going to make it 4-4. After extra time, we're going to take you to penalties. What's that Batman thing? It's the slow knife. The slow knife. The slow knife of the poke Alex. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I love about it? So Elversberg beat Leverkusen 4-3. What I love about this, all these games is, they draw you in. This is the thing about like, you know, the Bundesliga, outside the Bundesliga, the Zweite and below. They draw you into their chaos. It always reminds me of that, that, that line from the wire string, you're caught, you got caught up in a web. Yeah. <laughs> they, watching, if there were any teams you could put money on to get caught up in a web, they probably would have been Hertha and Leverkusen. 
just because they attract chaos. And I'm not saying this to be mean. It's saying because certainly you know, we, we've got we've all got friends. We've all got friends who are fairly unassuming who attract chaos. And they've accused. Yeah, and I'm, yeah. Sorry, can we just go back to the hair thing, for example, yeah. for the chaos? Because it's just like they're, they're literally nicknamed the Alta Dama, right? The old lady. How chaotic is this old lady? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So chaotic. And look, these these were great games. They're well worth watching back if you get a chance. So Rager's would beat Carl on penalties uh, after one all draw, and then they beat them, I think, three-time penalties. Yeah, but that's, I mean, is that an upset, though? Jan Regensburg, after two games, are top of the Spider Bundesliga? I think it is. I think it is an upset. It <laughs> yeah, is, it is, no, yeah, yeah it's, an, it's an upset. Yeah, yeah. Braunschweig just went for it. And I, I just, this is, I love about the Cup. I love it when teams just absolutely go all in, because you never know, especially early in the season, if you're going to catch someone napping or off the pace. Um, Patrick Schick, and this is the thing, Patrick Schick at Leverkusen, brilliant player. They did well to hold on to him, I think, actually, Leverkusen. He's only been there a little bit though, hasn't he? Yeah, but still, but still, in the same way that like Nkunku at Leipzig, they had like, I was- I, Do you know what? I think that's the- that's the, Does that make sense? That's, that's a, the hold of the summer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, is, I'm looking yeah. at Schick and I'm looking at Schick and Nkunku in particular at, and thinking, well played to the club. If they, to like, I mean, if they stay. The window yeah. is still open. That's right. That's right. But for, for the time being, two superb strikers um, would be an excellent acquisition for anybody else, I think, almost anyone else, and who would fit into so many other front lines really well. You know, like Manchester United, for example, could do a lot worse than Gofran and Kunku. Yeah, I no mean, shit. Well, well no, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, they but, have done before. Yeah, but you, <laughs> you, you say that, yeah, but also like, you look at who they've been linked with. Like, for example, like, I look at Fabian Ruiz at Napoli and go like, how the hell are... 10 clubs not piling in to buy that man and put him in the back of their midfield because I think he fits so well into so many teams and the style they play. You do know that Manchester United and Real Madrid are after Fabian Ruiz? I know that Real Madrid are after him. I didn't know it that says United Manchester United are after him. Oh my God, that's so funny. 21 hours ago, Manchester I've, United table off of Fabian Ruiz. Do you know it's so funny? Do you know it's so funny? Nostradamus, sir. I think I... Well, said, does it, it, can, you, can, you, can you do that if it's after the fact? Can you predict after the fact? Well, no, because do you know why I said this? I literally had a huge conversation about Fabian Ruiz and this is not just me being... Are you ITK? Well, no, not ITK, I'm but ITK. like... But it was, it, I think mm. it was... <laughs> you know, hang on, are we going to have a little here we go moment? Don't know, okay, listen, listen, you have to just trust me on this because I, um, there was a lot of talk, how many I was talking to, I think it was Friday, because you know the whole Zinchenko to like Arsenal, I was obsessed with it, right? And yeah. like, because I just felt there was a fit, I'm not trying to say I know all of this stuff, I don't, but with the Fabian Ruiz, Evan was after Frankie de Jong and I thought, why not just put him there? This was like, I think it was Friday. I was having a chat with a friend. I just said, I don't get it. The way that United play, yes, you want someone to carry the ball out. But actually, the problem with like carrying the ball out from defence or from deep lying areas like they want Frankie to do, who's amazing at that, is you do still put a bit of a target on your back. And the problem is with the other pieces in the United midfield, everyone's going to be like, oh, Frankie's the ball carrier. And if you collapse everyone on that, on that guy at the base of midfield, you're, you're, you're creating problems for yourself. And I said, someone like Fabian Ruiz is much better at that because his passing range, um, he releases it from deep. Like he just feels that when he launches counters, for me, he felt like the natural fit. So all this stuff with the United, it's funny because it just sounds like I'm just like piggybacking on the news. But for me, it was like a natural fit for them. And I, and I saw him so many times for Napoli. Look at when Napoli play, right? That astonishing counter. When nobody breaks like Napoli. When Napoli are on it, I say even Atalanta at this point, like when Napoli want to really just like go up two gears, no one does it like them. And a big part of that is his playmaking from the base midfield. So I'm really excited that um, United are going in for him, actually. God, that's incredible. That's so funny. Good for you. Good for you. Oh my God, I wish I could claim to have accepted that. But um, yeah, but that's the thing I've been yeah, thinking about think, I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, you say, you say that, but we know. Uh, quick shout for PSG being Nantes 4-0 in the Trophée de Champion on Christophe Galtier's competitive debut as PSG boss. Uh, Messi got a lovely goal in this game. He so looks good. faster. Do you know what he does? He, do you yeah. know what? And also, Neymar looks way more in shape than I've seen him for a while. And I know it's only one game and I'm, maybe it's a new kit. Good kit this year for PSG. I agree. Uh, Messi looked great. He looked really like, he looked like the Messi that we know. This is like turbo Messi. Yeah, he looked like the way he was moving. I don't know if it was like more, I don't know if he's more trim. It's not necessarily that. It's just more, he looked explosive mm. in a way that I haven't seen for, for a while. I mean, obviously we saw a lot of this in the, we saw it in the games against Italy and Estonia, but even, but this was like, I saw raw speed here that I haven't seen in a while. That was really yeah. impressive. But Neymar yeah. looked in really good shape. Scored yeah, he did. Kicks, yeah. Scored a penalty. Yeah. 
Uh, Sergio Ramos got one as well. Um, yeah, very comfortable for PSG. All right, before we wrap, a couple of quick, lovely, lovely ex-Arsenal player transfer news. Let's do it. Aaron Ramsey has signed for Nice, which I love. You've got some nice players there, Nice. And actually, uh, Emily Oram said, what do you think of the food? <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, he's going to eat well. He's going to have a lovely time. Yeah. Such a lovely signing. Really yeah. intrigued to see how he gets on. Because yeah. worth remembering that Aaron Ramsey, only 31. The, the, particularly the intensity of the French League is really, really, really good. That'll be a test, yeah. Yeah, but, but really good prior to the World Cup as well. Just looking in terms of what Wales are going to do there uh, in the winter. I love that he's made this move. It just, it's, there are some really good pieces in that midfield. They're a fun team to watch, Nice. A good mix, a good blend of like old and young players. So yeah, he'll slot in, I think, quite well. If, well, if his fitness is fine, I think he'll be a good, really, pe- really good piece there. He gets to work under Lucien Favre. It's going to be amazing. Oh my God. Favre ball. But we have to talk about Cesc Fabregas, who has joined Serie B side Como on a two-year deal, Goodness. which includes shares to become part owner. Look, I mean, my... my listen, retiring listen, on Lake Como. Lake Como. Fucking, I, like, listen so to this guy, right? Cool. Went London, Barcelona, London, Monaco, Lake Como. I mean, that's unbelievable. That is a... That's that is unbelievable. Like, if James strong. Bond was a footballer, kind of vibes. That's unbelievable. That's rivaling. That's almost as good as what Seydolf did. That's where Seydolf lived. Amsterdam, Milan... Genoa, oh my God, Madrid, Rio. That's still the one. That's still the gold standard. But that's close. What Fabregas has done is close. Uh, Fabregas had a lot more C. That's true. In terms of swag, in terms of swag, like it's very much in the same category. Barcelona on the coast, Monaco on the coast, Lake Como. I mean, it's a vibe. And can I say as well, didn't he do an interview recently? Um, There's a new, there's a brand new interview that's come out, I think, or a sort of documentary about him. Uh, about his time going from Barcelona to Arsenal. I think it's really, really new. Um, I was looking back over, I've said this a thousand times in this podcast, sorry to bore you again, but Fabregas' international career. I just want a documentary on that alone, to be honest. Like his contributions to that run, like he played in the 06 World Cup, he was there for a bit, but like just that run of those three championships and Fabregas' role, a documentary on that alone would just be unbelievable because I think that his contribution, all the key points, he's there. And it's so interesting, like you contrast, I don't think there's ever been a player who's had a bigger contrast between, you know, club frustration and international rewards. Only because, you know, Cesc Fabregas is a genuinely great footballer, like genuinely great, a genuine great. He's one of the best footballers I've ever seen. Yeah, he's, 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 he's astonishing. Yeah. I, I, I saw him just, peak. I saw him, I think twice and both times just absolutely blew me away. Just the awareness. It wasn't even, the touch is one thing. Yes, the passing was the other thing. But the most incredible thing about Fabregas is he knew exactly who was coming for him at all times. And he knew exactly where his men were at all times. It's that, um, Liam Brady said that, didn't he? Liam Brady said, Fabregas plays the pass that people in the crowd don't see. Yeah. Yeah. So very happy for, for Fabregas. Very happy. Fun fact about Como. What's that? Dennis Wise is an executive there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny it just is it's just he went there after Newcastle it's so funny wild huh yeah um, absolutely wild should we leave it there for today anything else you want to no that's good I quite enjoyed that actually I enjoyed that yeah a quick shout for West Ham's announcement when they finally got it right of Skamaka signing for him and him doing the James Richardson Football Italia <laughs> bonus episode which was absolutely unbelievable but he just goes, oh, yeah, we're like, watch him out of China or something like that is his first like lines in it. Unbelievable. I love this signing so much. And we'll talk a little bit more about some Premier League. Maybe we'll do that on Thursday. Mm. Talk about some, because well, the Premier League's back this weekend, as are many other leagues, but we, we'll, we'll maybe go through some Premier League stuff on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Because there have been a load of other signings outside the, 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 the top six, top five or six that we, we should talk about. Absolutely. But yeah, I love that so much. Such a good, that is such a good signing, man. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I watched a lot of Skamaka. Um, it was funny, like, because, you know, this is the beauty of like doing this podcast is you have to just like go into depth around various leagues. And so you start paying much into Sassuolo. And every few times I'd watch them, I'd be like, I'd find myself Googling him a bit more, some highlights, some stats. And I was like, and I started going, oh my God, 
Skamaka, like, who is this, who is this unbelievable footballer? Hey, shout out to the scouted football boys. I had him on the cover. Can I say this as well? Shout out to um, Sassuolo generally. Just keep an eye on them because they've got such great players coming through there. And the style when of you, when, when you do stuff like that, or you know when you do uh, the your tweet when you're saying, um, oh no, the curse. Oh, for, anyone who, for anyone who likes football, like check out this game now. It always reminds me of that. You know the Limmy tweet about like... Oh, Sound of the Summer. Sound yeah, the summer. When everyone, everyone knows like, about them already. Everyone's like, yeah, like we know. Sound of the Summer. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, everyone knows about Sassuolo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, check out, check out Napoli. They're really good. Yeah, Musa, yeah, they've got... Yeah. For those of you who are football fans, check out this exciting club called Real Madrid. <laughs> I think you might dig them. <laughs> <laughs> underdogs. International underdogs. <laughs> uh, so true. So true. Musa's top tips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. I love you. Don't change. So true. So true. It's too late now. Right. Too, too old to change now. I know. Uh, all right, everyone. We're going to bounce. Uh, we hope everyone's staying safe, staying well. Don't forget to check Wrighty's house if you haven't already. That went up on Monday. Moose and I will be back on Thursday. Don't forget to check the Stadio Outro's place on Spotify. Speaking of which, we're playing out on. This kind of sums up my post-Euros vibe. Or my post-England win. Playing out on Universal Love by 4Hero. Their own remix. Love it. It came home to London. Got to play out on some London music. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Anything you want to add, Moose Wakwonga? Nothing further. Listen. Nothing to check out. We got our gratification. <laughs> <laughs> Radiohead. Very good group. Oh, I've never heard of them. Well, it's good early material. Good early material. Yeah. Not sure about the latest stuff, but you know. It's all about Pablo Honey. Check that out. <laughs> Get me out of here. Much love, everyone. We'll be back on Thursday. See you then.